Welcome to Real Talk with me, Bev Thurigood. In this podcast, I'm going to be diving into the world of small business as a freelance trainer, coach, well-being practitioner, and how you can tap into the corporate world to grow your business. Having done this for the last five years, I've learned a thing or two about working with corporate clients, and I want to share the lessons I've learned, the tips, the tricks, the highs, the lows. I'll also be joined by other freelancers sharing their stories of how they got into to the corporate world, as well as what they've learned in business in general. So let's dive into today's episode. When I started my business five years ago at the age of 52, I was clueless. I really didn't know what I was doing. And it turned out it was quite a bit harder than I expected. I realized that having worked for a public sector organization where we didn't have to worry about profit or selling or marketing ourselves, particularly, I knew very little about the basics of running a business. I also struggled with what I now know to be ADHD around things like organization and horrendous procrastination. So my productivity was pretty rubbish. I'd left all of the systems and structure that I had within the MOD behind and I suddenly had to start from scratch. I also found that the tech, the the amount of jargon around the technical stuff, everything's digital these days. And I really felt that I had a massive learning curve just to understand the terminology, let alone what the software could do. And then finally, my mindset, goodness me, the imposter syndrome, the self-doubt, the questioning every decision that I made was enormous. And the truth is, I didn't realize uh, without the power of hindsight, looking back, that these were the four areas that I really struggled with. Now, I did manage to work my way through them and I've been running a successful business now for the last five years. But I wanted to share with you what those four areas were and also the the measures that I took to get through them because actually if you don't know what it is that is the problem it's very hard to know how to find the solution so what I want to do today is share with you what those problems were and the solutions that I used they may not be right for you but they may um, and hopefully you'll get some value out of my learnings and the lessons that I learned along the way it was basically the business basics it was productivity, it was tech fear, and it was also my mindset. Now, I'm happy to say that I did persevere and I got through most of them. And I would say, if anything, now I love the tech, which I never thought I'd say. I have a really good understanding of the different areas of business and what a, a good business setup looks like. Now, that's going to be different for everybody. They're going to depend on the business model, but the fundamentals remain the same. The mindset stuff I will touch on because I think the mindset element is a continuous journey. I would never ever say I have 100% handle on managing the mindset because as we grow, we start to learn new things, we take on new challenges and all of that same self-doubt kicks in. So it is an absolute onward journey. Part of the reassurance there is that if we know that we're always going to have those negative bits of self-talk, then actually we can be prepared for it and deal with it. So it doesn't go away, but what there are strategies that we can use to get through it. So let's start with that first area, the business basics. Because I'd worked in the public sector, 
I worked for the Ministry of Defence, so we we weren't even really customer facing in the way that some other government departments are. We weren't trying to make a profit. We didn't have anything we were trying to sell. We didn't even really have customer service requirements in the way that perhaps you know somebody working in the tax office or the passport office or any of those departments would have. So I had very little understanding about what a business. Uh, is is made up of. I didn't know how to register a business. I didn't really understand the difference between sole trader, limited company, limited partnerships, partnerships, any of that. I just didn't have a clue. I didn't even know if I needed a business bank account or if I could just have a personal bank account. Every time I looked at a business bank account, they all seemed to charge. And I thought, well, do I need to pay an additional fee for a bank account? I had no clue. I had no idea how to market myself, how to promote what I was doing. I didn't have a network that I could tap into. I was absolutely starting from scratch. And although I didn't know where to begin, I did learn very, very quickly that I had to learn quickly. And actually, one of my ADHD superpowers is that I have a really brilliant ability to hyper focus when I need to. So if I can find something that I'm driven by and that I'm interested in, I will just knuckle down, hyper focus and learn, learn, learn. And I had a great drive. I knew I never, ever wanted to have to go and start looking for a paid job. I didn't want to be an employed work anymore had plenty of passion and actually I gave myself no option but to figure it all out I also realized that due to my ADHD I found it particularly challenging to focus on the boring details I would often get sidetracked um, by my own thoughts my own ideas and I'd get off track of what I was supposed to be doing I definitely found that I struggled to keep up with the paperwork and all the admin I'd always had trouble with that, which is bizarre, but really, because my previous jobs had always been in an administrative type role. Maybe that's why I knew I didn't want to go back into the working world. But I felt like I was constantly having to play catch up, but I knew I was determined not to give up. I also knew that I needed help. I could spend an inordinate amount of time trying to figure this stuff out on my own. But I knew that if I could tap into help from other people um, and get other resources and support, then I would learn more quickly. And one of the best things I did very early on was to hire a business coach. Now, I didn't really have the money to hire a coach, if I'm honest, but it was a, a real investment. And actually, I didn't just have one. I had a few different coaches who brought me different things at different times. My first coach really helped me to break down the basics of understanding what I needed to do to get my business set up. So he gave me details about things like understanding finances and what is a balance sheet and what is a a financial forecast and why do I need to keep track of my business books? Because I didn't really want to do any of that. He also gave me practical strategies and helped me to kind of break everything down into manageable chunks. So we'd meet every couple of weeks. He'd give me jobs to do. In the meantime, I'd go away and do them. And that really helped to get me to understand the basic level of business. Now, I think there is a difference here in what we often think of as a business coach. Although I had a business coach and they they did 
coach me. There was a lot of the time that I didn't know what I didn't know. And quite often coaching isn't really what we're looking for. What we need is some sort of mentorship or a business advisor or a business strategist. My business coach was a bit of all of that, which helped. But if you are going with a complete sort of business coach, then they're less likely to be able to give you what you need. So just check that what you're paying for when you're finding a coach is what you actually need. There's no point in getting coaching to help you move forward if there are some basics that you just don't understand. One of the best bits about working with the the coach was that I managed to make sense of all of the different moving parts and I could create systems and processes that meant that I could bring them all together. It was like putting the parts of a jigsaw puzzle together to make the the whole picture. And that meant it made in the early days running my business much easier. Now it's evolved quite significantly over the last five years and my systems and processes are much more complex, I guess, and more sophisticated now than they were then. But actually you don't need to be overly complicated to begin with, but you do have to know where the bits fit together. And that's where a coach really came in handy for me. I also had notebooks everywhere. I was like a sponge and I would go on to things like Eventbrite and Facebook events and I would find workshops and free, you know, free events. At the time, we're going back five years, it was kind of I wouldn't say it was pre-Zoom because I was using Zoom very early on, but it was before the days when everything was pretty much virtual. So I would look out for free workshops that people were running. Exactly how I found my first coach. He was running a free workshop there was loads of value in it and I really liked him so that was that was a great opportunity for me to kind of try before I bide and that was that was great so looking for free workshops and often networking events will have an element of teaching as well so if you can find networking events that's a double whammy because you'll start to build your network which is really important but also you can get some really great lessons and teachings from people who have been in business for a while who are coming and sharing their expertise with you. I even remember on one occasion driving all of the way down to Brighton, which is at the very bottom of the the UK, from my home in the Midlands, which is kind of, well, funny enough, in the middle, which I would say was probably a three-hour drive just to spend a day working with other small business owners who were just getting started. It was, um, I think it was called something like Get Shit Done. And uh, we basically pitched up with a laptop and we worked together and there was an opportunity to ask questions and, and again, network. I did make a complete mess of that because I didn't realize quite what it was and I forgot to take my laptop. So I ended up working on a little tiny iPad. But that was really, that was really useful. And did I think it was a waste of time going down to Brighton? No, I don't think so, because I actually made a couple of really good connections that day. And five years later, or nearly five years later, we're still connected and we still share information and things. So you never know where the connections are going to come from. Actually, when I look back now, I can't believe how naive I actually was and how ignorant I was of how the basics just of running a business, you know, I I just didn't understand it. But one of the things I did find, and it was a bit surprising, really, because I assumed in the world of business, it would be very competitive and very much holding on to the the knowledge that people have because you don't want to give away your secrets to another business owner. But actually, I didn't find that, that. I found that most of the business owners that I met through networking 
working were so generous in sharing their knowledge and their wisdom. And it's something that I definitely now try to do. So I feel that that mentorship, that generosity that I received in the early days of setting up my business was so important. One of the things that I didn't find very useful was getting help and support from somebody who'd been in business 30 years because I was a brand new business in 2018. So somebody who started their business in, you know, 1988, is that the right maths? It was too far beyond the basics to to really understand how I didn't even understand the terminology. So I found the best benefit I got were from people who were maybe a few years ahead of me because they were still new enough to remember the difficulties they'd had, but they'd learned so much and could share that experience. So it's definitely worth finding people who aren't a million miles ahead of you. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be the people who have made multi six and seven figure businesses, unless that's what you're looking for. Most of us just want to get started and get going. And sometimes that feels too unachievable. So just having somebody who's, as I say, a few years ahead of you can make a real difference. So that was the first area, business basics. Now, the second area that I really struggled with was being productive. I'd always been someone who struggled with procrastination. Even in my previous career, I would tend to leave things till you know the, the, the 11th hour, right up to the deadline. I'd get this burst of energy and I'd get everything done. But it was stressful and it was overwhelming at times. So when I started my business, I really quickly realized that procrastination and poor organization could have a really significant impact on my business success. I didn't realize at the time that I had ADHD. Looking back now, that makes a lot of sense. But I found it particularly challenging to manage my time and to stay focused on one task. I guess I didn't really know what were the important tasks to begin with. So I'd be bouncing from one to the next to the next. And I still do that a little bit, to to be honest. I've found strategies now that help, but I still have a natural tendency to get distracted quite easily. I would find that I'd have a million different ideas going on in my head and I'd, I'd want to go and you know start that idea or work on that idea. And if it was to the detriment of some of the more boring stuff like setting up my accounts and and you know managing invoices or you know all of the boring kind of stuff I would find it really difficult to stay on track so I'd get to the end of a day and I'd feel like I'd been really busy and I'd look back and think actually I haven't really achieved an awful lot again coaching really helped that helped me to kind of find strategies and break all of those tasks down into smaller pieces so instead of trying to tackle a large project all at once I'd try and break it down into smaller more manageable chunks that meant that I didn't have to stay focused on something that maybe I wasn't too interested in for long periods of time I tried lots of different strategies Pomodoro technique of you know working for 20-25 minutes and then taking a break but for me that didn't really work because it wasn't enough time for me to get my head into what I was doing. But I did find that starting to do things like time blocking and and matching similar types of tasks together helped. But we we can go into strategies uh, on another video. I have to say the tech became my very, very best friend and it has done over the five years. I've started to learn different bits of software, some of which have worked really, really well for me, others not so much. But my 
calendar, my online calendar became my absolute Bible, really. It was the thing that ruled my day. And if it didn't go in my calendar, it didn't get done. And I'm still a little bit guilty of this now. If I don't immediately put a task into my diary, there is a very, very, very high risk that it will get forgotten. I use a calendar called One Calendar. It's an app that sort of integrates all of my calendars, but any digital calendar really will be good to get you started. But to get into the habit of immediately putting things down into the calendar and and checking it every morning for a little while because I'd get up and then I'd forget to check my calendar and because I wasn't getting up and going to a job my day wasn't that 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 structured I'd forget to look at the calendar so I actually started to put an alarm on my phone to remind me that the first thing I did in the morning was to check my calendar for that day and I've just got into the habit of doing that but absolutely my calendar became my very very best friend I also found it was helpful if I set deadlines for myself quite often I would ignore them I have to say but where I did set a deadline it kind of gave me a sense of urgency especially if I promised that deadline to somebody Uh, so if it meant there was I was going to let somebody else down if I missed it for me that's a a huge driver to to get the job done so setting deadlines gave me a sense of urgency and it kind of helped keep me accountable another strategy that helped was what we used to call silent zooms and this really came into its own in the early days of the COVID pandemic, where Zoom was becoming a a more common means of keeping in touch. Myself and another business colleague who I'd met through networking would would arrange these silent Zoom calls. And what that would mean is we'd jump on a a Zoom call at at a set time. We'd stay on the call for maybe two hours. And the plan was that we didn't talk to one another, at least not for the two hours. We, we'd meet, we'd get together on the Zoom call and we'd each share what we wanted to get done in that two hour slot. So we'd set an intention with each other. We'd tell each other what we wanted to get done. And then we'd set an alarm for probably about an hour to go off. And then we'd have a bit of a break from what we were doing. We'd have a catch up, have a chat, go and get a drink, come back. And then we'd do the second hour. And at the end of that two hour sort of period, we'd check in with one another again to say how far through we'd got and we'd celebrate, you know, with each other if we'd achieved what we'd set out to achieve. I think now in ADHD parlance, I now understand that this is known as body doubling, which made a huge difference to me because it meant that I had somebody else there kind of watching over me. She wasn't. She was getting on with her own stuff. But in my mind, it felt like I was being held to account. And actually, it's amazing how much more focused I could be when I was on that silent Zoom call. One downside of that was my computer at the time wasn't that powerful. So it did kind of slow everything else down. But we would stay on mute. We'd keep the camera on, but we'd put our, our microphones on mute. And it just was this, it felt like we were working together because actually starting off in business, especially if you're in a a sort of a digital business, uh, an online business, it could be quite lonely. And finally, when it comes to sort of productivity, bizarrely, I found it really helpful to start practicing uh, mindful meditation. And what I would find is if I was starting to get distracted or I could feel myself getting bored, 
I would just stick a pair of headphones in and put a either a YouTube meditation or I have Calm and I also have Insights Timer, both of which are, are really good meditation apps. And I just find maybe a two or a five, possibly in a 10 minute meditation. And I'd sit at my desk, I'd close my eyes and I'd just take a bit of time to focus again and to clear my mind. And then I'd come back to what I was doing. And just even the two or three minute meditations really made a difference, especially if it was stuff I was a bit bored with. It, it just, it was like the meditation gave me a, a little bit of an energy boost so I could come back a little bit fresher. Okay, area number three that I think many of us find a challenge, especially if you're a bit older like I am coming into the business world is the tech. I talk to so, so many women who go, oh my God, the, I, the, the, I can't get my head around the software and the all that techie stuff. It's overwhelming. I'm never going to be able to learn it. I totally get it. I really found that in the early days, it just, I, I couldn't get my head around it all. I was having to suddenly figure out how to use email marketing software and you know building websites and landing pages didn't even know what a landing page was. I had to have that term explained to me. And that was part of the problem. Not only did I not understand the software or tech, I didn't understand the terminology around it either. So I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what I needed. But I was, you know, having to figure out things like video conferencing tools like Zoom and Teams and WebEx and looking at putting training and workshops on. So I was having to figure out how to use things like Eventbrite that I'd never used before. Social media, God, it was horrendous, you know, trying to figure out how to set up a Facebook group or a Facebook page. What's the difference between a group and a page? Do I need both? Do I need a business page? Do, should I have an Instagram account? It, it was just over overwhelming. So I totally and utterly get that the tech is a problem. And I think the thing that I would struggle with was there were so many options. I didn't really understand the terminology, as I've said, and I'd go onto YouTube. YouTube, I call it university tube, because actually everything that I needed to learn, I got from YouTube. But I go onto YouTube to, to try and figure things out. And everybody seemed to be using different bits of software. And as I didn't know what it all was, I just assumed I'd need it all. And I think at one point I was using probably seven different bits of software that all did fundamentally the same thing. Some of them I was paying for, but I hadn't realized that they were pretty much the same thing. And at the time, I have to say, I didn't really have any any money coming into the business. I was spending out quite a bit on software without realizing that actually just one piece of that software would have done everything I needed. Funnily enough, in my last job, I'd been put in charge of managing IT for our department. So I talk about a fish out of water. I was terrified of all the techie stuff. And I honestly believe that as an older woman, I couldn't really ever learn it. But actually, once I started to get my head around some of the basics and I figured out the weird language of tech speak that um, I had to learn pretty quickly, I did start to realize that it's actually not that difficult after all. And once you've mastered the fundamentals of a program, most programs sort of follow the same format or a similar format. So it's getting that bit of foundational understanding 
at the beginning that is more important really i i can pick up a new piece of software now and pretty much navigate my way around it quite quickly i'll still tend to dive onto youtube to get more in-depth tutorials on it and a lot of software nowadays have really good training programs that when you subscribe you can tap into as well so there's there's loads of ways that you can learn and many of them have really good sort of online chat functions so if you are stuck you can just live chat with somebody and that will give you the answers that you need but you do have to kind of get that fundamental basic knowledge in the first place so over the five years you know I've learned how to create landing pages create websites um, although I do have somebody else do that for me because he's better than I am and he's quicker I've learned how to produce edit and publish a podcast how to edit videos how to create online courses and basically how to integrate a lot of the software as well because that's that's a tool that's really good to understand is how all of these bits of software integrate because the more we can automate then the easier it is. The systems and processes that help us to automate make life a lot easier. So I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It's a it's a learning curve and it, it you do have to kind of dive in and knuckle down and learn it. But it's not really as difficult as we might worry that it is. And getting those funda- fundamentals in place can really help. I would also say at the start, it was helpful to try and find really simple, intuitive tools. Instead of trying to learn complex bits of software, look for tools that are simple and very user-friendly. That Often this will mean that they don't have the more complex or sophisticated functionality, but you don't need that when you're just starting out. Keep it nice and simple. And if all else fails, go and find somebody. There are tech VAs, virtual assistants that deal particularly with the technical side that you can that you can employ on a freelance basis to help you or to do it for you. So definitely don't let the tech stop you from getting started. It's worth taking the time to learn. So even though I've used tech VAs and even though I've outsourced quite a bit of the, the tech in the past, I've always felt I wanted to have a really good understanding of how to do it so that it does mean if ever I want to I can come back and do it myself but also I have a better idea of what it is I'm asking for when I ask somebody else to do the work. I really did have to shift my thinking um, when it came to the technology. Instead of viewing it as a barrier or a challenge, I began to see it more as an opportunity to improve my business and become more efficient. When I talk about changing my mindset around the tech that brings me on to the fourth area that I think can be a real challenge for anyone starting in a business but possibly is even more difficult for those of us who have ADHD and that's our mindset as someone with ADHD I think I really struggled with negative self-talk and I've often doubted my own abilities and I think this led in the the beginning to a real lack of confidence and a fear of taking risks. I think I realised quite early on that that I needed to work on my mindset because that was going to be key to achieving the goals that I was setting myself. So I started practising a bit of self-compassion, bearing in mind that I was only diagnosed with ADHD three months ago. Yeah, about three or four months ago. And at the time when I started my business, I had no idea that I had ADHD. I didn't even realize that was a thing that women could have, if I'm honest. But I did know that I can be quite hard on myself. My self-doubt is real. The negative self-talk is very, very real. So 
I did start doing quite a bit of reading and listening to audiobooks and podcasts about helping to get my my head in the right space. And one of the game changers for me was reading a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And she talks about working on or developing a growth mindset, which helped me to, I guess, see the the failures as opportunities to learn and grow. You will have a lot of failures. You will probably try something and it won't work, or you'll feel like you're, you're giving it everything and you're not learning. But hang in there. The growth mindset is about recognizing that you have to learn by doing. And the more you do, the better you get. That innate talent will only get you so far. And once we've gone beyond the point of just talent, it comes down to doing the work and sticking with it. By shifting my mindset, I did manage to kind of overcome many of those challenges. The mindset stuff doesn't really ever go away. It is a constant journey. It's a practice. You have to kind of keep reinforcing the positive messages and remembering all of the things that you are good at. But I think for those of us, just knock my microphone. I think for those of us with ADHD, we do tend to be a bit negatively focused. I think this is common in, in people in general. But with our our weaker areas are often the areas that we look around and we see everybody else just seeming to be find easy and we find them difficult. And we can often focus on them without focusing on the bits that actually are real strengths, like our creativity, our ability to thrive on a bit of risk and a bit of chaos and uncertainty, our ability to have loads of ideas and to, you know, our intuition, all of these things that I think are real strengths we don't tend to focus on. Um, so that that sort of positive reinforcement of our strengths for me was it was a bit of a game changer. Um, one of the big things I suppose we all feel it is good old imposter syndrome. It's another challenge that I think all new business owners face, whether they're neuro- neurodivergent or not especially if they've never had any experience of entrepreneurship. Now, when I first started my business, I honestly felt like a fraud so much of the time. I doubted my abilities and I constantly found myself comparing what I was doing to other people who'd been doing this much longer than me and feeling like I was falling short. And I think because of that, it led to feelings of just not being good enough and questioning whether I could ever be a success at this. If I'm honest, though, I really think I fully buy into the idea of imposter syndrome. I think it's just a natural level of self-doubt that we're bound to feel if we're doing something that is unfamiliar, if it's something new, if it's something we've never done before. Of course, we're not going to know if we're going to be any good at it until we try, until we get started. Of course, we're not going to feel massively confident about something we've never done before. So I'm not sure I do agree with the idea that what we often, I think, refer to as imposter syndrome is really imposter syndrome. I think it's probably just natural self-doubt. However, one area that I think was absolutely imposter syndrome in its true definition was when I started networking and going to networking events. And I just felt so uncomfortable calling myself or even just thinking of myself as a business owner. And I definitely couldn't think of myself as an entrepreneur. How could I? At that time, I had no customers. I had no experience. I had no money coming in. 
So I most definitely felt like a fraud. I didn't feel like I had the identity of a business owner. However, I think I pretty soon realized that this so-called imposter syndrome was unique to me. Everybody I spoke to said they'd experienced it too. It was a very common experience for many, if not all new business owners. Um, we could just work through them. And there's a reassurance in knowing that everybody has felt this level of uncertainty and self-doubt at some point. And we always will. Every time we do something new, every time we step out of our comfort zone, we're likely to get these feelings come back again. So don't let the fact that it's normal scare you. Don't let the fact that it's there stop you. It is going to stay. It is going to show up every now and again, but it can definitely get easier to manage when you recognize it for what it is and you don't let it stop you in your tracks. What I've learned more than anything over the last five years of running my own business is the importance of having a strong, supportive community around you. They're teachers, they cheer you on, they support you, they even refer you for new business. And they say your network is your net worth. And for me, building a solid network has been essential. And from there, I shall see you next time. Take care. Well, that's it from me for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'd love it if you could go and leave a comment. I would love to read your comments. Let me know what you'd like to hear about if there's anything in particular you'd like me to cover. Otherwise, I shall talk to you all again soon. Take care.